I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Kate. And this is Mike. How you doing, honey? Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling good. Great. We just reorganized the basement, so we have a new table that we're podcasting at. Mike is the king of redoing setups. He really likes to optimize space, which is ironic because I'm actually was trained in feng shui, but Mike really likes to. How many times do you think you've reorganized your office since moving in there? Well, I used to reorganize my bedroom a lot when I grew up. Mm -hmm. It's like, I didn't think about this till recently since you just asked me that question. But yeah, I remember reorganizing my bedroom. My office has been reorganized. I have, I moved in last August and now it is March, March, probably four times. Mm -hmm. Uh It's not very big. It's a hundred square feet. I know. So it's cool because it's like a jigsaw puzzle. You're really, you're a tinkerer. Right. Well, it's about, it's all about the feel, right? Because you taught me about feng shui. You taught me about the fact that like your office is facing the door and you want to make sure you can see the people. Your desk is facing the door. Yeah, the desk is facing the The door, like the power position. We could do a whole feng shui episode. We could. I'll put that down. So so for me, it's challenging. My office is a little challenging because I have a, uh, it's not like a square box. I mean, it is a square on the floor, but the ceiling is really high on one side and then the other half of it is sloped so i i'm not able to stand straight up in the slope parts like being in an airplane you know and you're on the side of the plane that's what it that's actually a great analogy so if you think about the plane you can walk down the center but then on the sides you can't really fully stand up and so that's what because the baggage where you put the baggages so that's kind of what my office is set up and then i have a skylight in the middle of the office which is gives the only sunlight that comes in the place which is very nice i actually a lot of sunlight i like it and Yes, you, I had it be, because it's then I'm on, if I'm on FaceTime or doing Zoom or webinar, I had a position where the sun was behind me and that looks weird for the people on the other end. And then, but then I could see, and then my whole other wall where the door is, is glass. So that's the hallway. So then people walk by. So I had it. Yeah. So all this thought process is going through my head. And then I start hanging a ton of art up on the wall. It's beautiful. So I wanted to see and how it all laid out as well. I can post pictures of this eventually on my Instagram. So if you follow me on Mike J Watts, because now I feel it's set up and then I moved my desk. Then I bought this really big stand-up desk. In retrospect, I shouldn't have bought this big of a desk because it has an L that's on the desk and it would have been much easier with a rectangular desk instead of an L-shaped desk. So positioning all this. But now I feel like I got it set up. I feel really good with it. Even my, the, Walt, my neighbor, my office mate. Who I went to high school with. Who Kate went to high school with. Him and I hang out a lot now. And uh, he came in the other day. He's like, man, it feels good in here. Because he helped me rearrange. The, he helped me move the desk. He's like, yeah. He's like, you, fi- you got it. It feels good. The two of you guys are really funny. And honestly, if in high school you had told me that my future husband was going to be hanging out all the time with Walt Shepard, I would have like i don't know like it's just such a weird thing this is a total non sequitur but this is a psa and a reminder that the world is small and people come back around so don't be an asshole it's true i'm so grateful for generally 
being kind and courteous in my life because the number of times that somebody has come back around who I never would have expected to have any kind of relationship with later in my life. Walt Shepard is not like a great example. I actually love Walt and he's an amazing guy. However, just like other times when, you know, I ended up on a conference call pitching something with a guy that I used to date unexpectedly and I was like, oh, wow, I'm so glad that I didn't, I don't know, act like a nutbag. Like, it's just, just a great reminder. It's true. Yeah. No, I mean, Walt and I wouldn't have hung out anyway. It's like his upbringing, like he was almost- In high school? He was on Nordic skiing in the, he, he, I just saw- He's a biathlete. Yeah, so the other day I brought the vacuum in and I was vacuuming his office because he ended up having to leave early. And these are the kinds of amazing things that Mike does is he, he vacuums his office mates offices because he's that kind of guy. So thank you, Kate. And it was like, and I saw he had a plaque for, he was inducted to the main ski hall of fame in 2016. Oh, he was amazing. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I didn't know I was in this presence of celebrity here. You know, then we joke about it. So it was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, I saw his trophy the other day. So we, him and I were joking around. But yeah, we wouldn't have either. We had two completely different, like when I was telling him about my college life and what that experience was like, he was like, wait a sec, Kate is like the opposite of you, right? Well, she was like a goody, not like he didn't say this, this is my interpretation, but like a goody two-shoe. Is that even a right, is that politically correct thing to say anymore? I don't know, I don't but know. I would just describe, I just, you know, my high school adolescent rebellion came later on in different ways. That's what I was Your adolescent rebellion? Yeah, I mean, that's what you were doing. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. It was fa- It was very extreme. And I was not. That's correct. I mean, based, I don't think I was a goody two-shoes. I think I was how I am as a human right. being, which correct. is like into books. <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> and <laughs> not into substances. And like generally wanting to feel good. And for me, feeling yeah. good has always meant being relatively healthy and hanging out with people who are awesome. It's true. And learning new things, which does make me a super nerd. But, you know, at least I'm consistent. No, you're just like, I guess the, uh, what's the way to put it? Like, you just treat people and yourself the same way. Like, you treat them well, right? And so, for myself, I didn't, I believe I treated people well, right? I always, you know, I had a good diverse group of friends and didn't hang out with like one click that happens a lot of times. We talked about our high school experiences at my, I work with an organization or I take classes from an organization called Maine Boys to Men, which educates middle school kids and elementary kids on, yes, boys to men. You guys can do every time I say that, somebody's like, oh, the boys to men and uh, the joke about the band. But they work with domestic, educating young boys on domestic violence and you know, ed- proper treatment of women and other human beings in the world basically but it, working to combat toxic masculinity it, in it, adolescent boys that's a much better way to say it than i do yes combat toxic masculinity in adolescent boys yes and so they started at a really young age and we were talking about our high school experiences and i mean i don't i didn't have a bad high school experience and a lot of the guys that were in the session they had pretty traumatic high school experiences it's a um, very common thing to have a traumatic high school experience yeah. yeah i mean i don't think you could pay me to go back to high school but I don't, it, my high school experience wasn't traumatic. No, I don't, like, I don't have a desire to go back, but if I was to go back, like, it'd be fine. It's not a thing where I'm, like, anti that, you know, anti high school. No. 
I don't want to go back to high school. That's like, why would I want to do that? No, I'm just so much smarter now. (laughs) So, but it was like where I wasn't taking care. But if I take my knowledge back to high school, now we're talking. That's a whole different world, right? So it was where I didn't take care of myself. You know, I wasn't kind to myself. I wasn't kind to my personality. I wasn't kind to who I was as as a young man. So we're changing all of that. Anyway overall i'm doing you know and the skin circus as we call it it's we com- haven't common way down that in a while it's calmed way down it got a couple spots we're still working with but yeah i'm just it's doing much better awesome how are you i'm really good this book launch is heating up and so i'm gonna segue into today's topic which is the three biggest lessons that we've learned so far launching do less so we've been in pre-launch mode do less a revolutionary approach to time and energy management for busy moms which is my newest book comes out next week april 2nd so this week is the final pre-launch week did you have something to say why don't we give uh, you're making a facial expression (laughs) like two copies away for someone that listens and we'll tell how to do that at the end okay great yeah there will be a giveaway yeah. Of two copies. Okay, great. Two and two then, lucky winners. And you can also get all the pre-order bonuses and book bonuses and all that stuff as well. Because this is still pre-order phase. And The winners or in general? Yeah, the, whoever we get the get books yeah, to. Absolutely. And everybody, this is your last week to pre-order. If you pre-order by Monday, by the end of the day, Monday, April 1st, you're going to get all of the goodies and you can go over to katenorthup.com forward slash pre-order to find out. But the special, special, special one is a six-week class that I'm teaching live called the Do Less Immersion, where you're going to learn the insider tips to set boundaries for people pleasers and how to say no and how to stop using busyness as a numbing behavior and all kinds of stuff. So, you'll get that for free. It's a $297 value and we will be offering that to our larger community. But as one of our inner circle folks listening to the podcast and part of our community, you'll get it for free over at katenorthup.com forward slash pre-order. So, you know, it takes a lot to launch a book, at least the way we launch it. And last night, we received the first, the hardcover copy. I, we'd received the galley and that was really exciting. The galley is like the advanced reading copy. It doesn't quite look like what it, the published version is gonna be in its paperback. And then the hardcover copy came last night and I do have a post of the video of me opening it. I got really emotional because A, my first book didn't come out in hardcover. So it's just a really special experience. Like it feels very real to hold a hardcover book that I wrote. And it takes a lot of time and a lot of people. So the first time the idea for this book really was planted was in like September, October of 2016. It is now March of 2019. So I just, as a reminder, this stuff takes a while. So for people who look and are like, oh my gosh, you know, wow, that person came out of nowhere and all of a sudden they're like publishing books and they're all over the internet. That never happens. (laughs) Like it just never happens. It just happens to be that a lot of that person's journey 
was not public or, you know, like you didn't know that they existed. (laughs) And so I just want to remind people that it takes a long time. And I guess that's lesson one is it takes as long as it takes, which is something I talk about in origin a lot, something I talk about in terms of cyclical living and having more by doing less is giving over to surrendering to the timing of our projects. Now that doesn't mean staying stuck. That doesn't mean not taking action towards what we want. That doesn't mean being complacent. I take action steps every day, but it does mean that like things just fricking take a while. I was tagged in a post by a buddy of ours, Tobin, who I don't know if you've ever talked oh, to him, but yeah. I saw him. I knew I met him long time ago at an Entreport event. I met him again at the Entreport oh, yeah, event. Yeah, it was like the first year and he did. I can read some of this because I think it's relevant to this conversation. He said, I've owned a business for over a decade. And this is Tobin. His name's Tobin Jarrett Poppenberg. Wow. What a name. I love that. Tobin name. Jarrett Poppenberg. Poppenberg. We should change our last name to Poppenberg. You know what? I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, why don't I just change my name? I mean, I like Mike Watts. Mike Watts like, is a solid name. It's honey. solid. But it's just like, it's it's like, you can just decide that be somebody else today. It was, yeah. I was texting with Noah and I said, my name now is uh, Croc. And he said, why Croc? And I was like, I don't know. That's what just came up to, that's what came in my mind when I was texting back to you. So please call me Croc. Anyway. Okay. This is from Tobin. I've owned my business for over a decade. I love it. And this shit ain't for the faint of heart. The internet marketing guru's whole job is to make it look all easy and stuff. Quote, three simple steps to your six or seven figure business, they say, please. They don't mention that each of those three steps contain a dozen other steps. And each of those steps contain another hundred steps and processes, some of which takes weeks and months, creating content, hiring, training, keeping focused on what matters, developing. He lists all of this other fulfilling, marketing, selling, selling, etc. All while remembering why we're in business at all, remembering to eat, to grab a bit of exercise, to protect time with family and friends. It's enough to make even the most stalwart entrepreneur question this path, eyeing the ever vilified J-O-B. So if you're running your own business and you've been at it a while and you've been discouraged, I feel you. I salute you. This path can be fun and rewarding fun, but it's mostly not easy. If you're new and if you're laboring under the delusion that creating your own six or seven figure business is going to be quick and easy, please consider yourself notified otherwise. Maybe look and see if what you're trying to do lights you up enough to eat shit at it for a few years. Then if the answer is hell yes, keep going and don't forget to celebrate your victories, however micro they may be, which I think that's pretty good. That really goes into think about the book. And then just to finish it off, maybe you missed your sales goal by 90%, but you created a system for generating sales calls. Great. Done. Commence padding of own back. Sometimes, especially in the beginning, there's nobody else around to do the padding. Now keep going. There's more work to do. I'm here to award the virtual high five and bat packs to those in need and to remind you to take that walk around the block. You deserve it. Awesome. I love that. You know, that speaks to really falling in love with the process as opposed to the result. And that's a lifelong practice. But I will say in the writing of this book, I loved writing this book. I hear from a lot of writers, you know, I read books by writers. I follow a lot of writers online. And there's this common conversation around like the agony and the suffering of writing a book. 
And I just want to be an alternate perspective. I freaking love writing. I mean, sitting down for an hour and getting to write is such a joy for me. Now, of course, there were days that were a struggle. There were days where I had no ideas. There were days when it was like slogging through and what I wrote was terrible. But most of the time, the joy for me is in the craft. Like it's really fun. And so, and I love thinking about ideas in my head. I love, I think about my next book all the time. Like I was just, I came up with a whole pitch in my head this morning for my next book. So I just want to say like, it takes longer than you might want. It takes longer than you might think. If you're in the middle of a creative project, whether it's a book or something else, and it's taking longer than you think it should, you're probably right on time. And then also you gotta fall in love with the process. Just like Tobin was saying, you have to find something about it that is joyful, whether or not you ever get to the quote unquote goal. So even if this book had never been published, I still would have enjoyed the writing process because I got to know myself better. I became a better person through it. And I incorporated the material, the content, the research in my own life as I read it and my life got better. So there's that. None of that was what I had written down as my plan for the things I learned, but I think it's really important to mention. So birth of this book or, or conception of this book, September 2016. Mm-hmm. Birth of this book, April 2nd, 2019. That is what, a two and a half two year a half gestation years. period? Mm-hmm. That's a freaking long time. Imagine being pregnant for two and a half years. Like, no, thank you. But that's just how long this particular project took. Now, I know other writers where from conception to publish was a couple of weeks if they self-published or nine months even. Sometimes like something will be going on in the media that makes a book particularly relevant. So a publisher will rush it out. So it can be shorter. And I know people who have spent 20 years writing a book. So it just takes as long as it takes is what I'm saying. And your timing is perfect and you're doing it right as long as you keep showing up. Yeah. And going back to what Tobin talked about and even in the book writing process, for at least for you to see it's about expectations right so when i've been most frustrated about our business or our you know things going on in our life what currently is happening in my life is not matching the expectations that i actually want and so instead of me changing those expectations i just stick to them and be like this is the way it has to be and the reality it doesn't right like you can just adapt to i mean for after going through you know, my skin journey in October when I was knocked out, that was the biggest learning that takeaway from, I would say from that whole experience is to be, it's kicking, it was seriously kicking me into the present moment because there was no other place for me to go. And I'm still living in that world. I'm trying, right. And I'm doing a really good, I think I'm doing, I'm doing way better at it than what I was before I got sick. That's You're way more joyful. Yes. It's much more joy. Pleasant to live with you. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. And it is so for that piece too around writing. If all we hear is surround ourselves with, you know, like writing is hard, but it's agony and it's agony and it's it's going to be that. But there is the other side where people thoroughly enjoy what they're writing about and get a lot of. And you, 
like you've always since we've been together just writing is your that's your joy yeah i love to hang out with words yeah and yeah. ideas you laugh at words it's my like, happy place i know i posted on my instagram story the other day this image of two two plants with cans attached by a i don't know if this is going to translate we'll probably have to put it in the show notes probably two, just to your sister two cans it'll be just to cans Amy. connected by you know by a cord and they had the the cans up to their ears and at the top it said aloe a-l-o-e they were two aloe plants and they were talking to each other through tin cans i thought it was so funny <laughs> oh my god okay <laughs> So the next lesson or the first lesson that I had wanted to share that I've learned. Oh, Ellen probably loved that too. I hope so. We haven't mentioned Ellen in a long time. We haven't. Ellie no. Belly. Okay. So by the way, this is part one of the biggest lessons learned through launching this particular book. This How many is parts are there? Just two. Oh, okay. Where the other one will be later in April or May. After it comes out. Yeah, after we come out, because this is the pre-launch episode, and that'll be the then the launch episode. But the thing is, that's really important to know, people are, <laughs> Licia, who works with us and is helping us launch the book, keeps saying to me in meetings, like, you know, how, how do you want to do this part? Or how did you do it before? Or what do you think? Whatever. And I'm like, I launched a book in 2013. It was six years ago. Like things have really changed. I mean, six years ago, podcasts were barely a thing. I don't even know if I was on any podcasts for the launch of Money, A Love Story. And now like 90% of our launch is podcasts. So it's such an interesting thing. Like we have to adapt and adjust to the current environment that we're in and be flexible, be willing to pivot. Like if we had launched Do Less, like we launched Money, A Love Story, I don't think the launch would have worked in, you know? And so anyway, we've got some really great momentum. Thank you to anybody who's listening, who's been supporting on social media or having me on your podcast or supporting in any other way. If you are listening and you want to support in some way, we do have a list of book ambassadors. We'd love to add you. So you can just email us at info at and we'll happily add you to the list of book ambassadors. Okay, but the lesson that I wanted to say is that I am so grateful. Actually, this circles right back to what we were talking about with Walt. I am so grateful for the long-term, sustainable, real relationships that I have fostered over the years. Because when it comes to launching something like a book, something big that sort of has a life of its own, it requires quite a bit of outreach for the way we wanna launch it. I have friends, by the way, who don't market their stuff basically at all, and that's great. So, mm -hmm. but Mike and I are different. We just wanna get the word out, and that's who we are. We're both extroverts, and not that you have to be an extrovert to be a good marketer by any means. Some of the best marketers we know are introverts. Actually, I read the best salespeople in the world are, are introverts. introverts. That's probably true. So we are not the best salespeople in the world. <laughs> but We are not. But I'm so grateful because I've been doing, I remember this from last book launch. I was really had like an asking hangover during that launch because I felt like I was asking just literally everybody I knew for their support, whether it was letting their community know about the book, interviewing me, you know, promoting in some way, doing this, doing, giving a quote, like doing this, doing that. 
And it's really, I'm, I'm happy to say that I've grown as a person because over the last six years, thank goodness, because this time around, I'm not having that same asking hangover. I just feel like these are connections I've fostered over the years. I love helping people with their stuff. I have helped hundreds and hundreds of people get the word out about their stuff, things that I believe in, things that we believe in. We have people on our podcast, you know, social media, recommending things by word of mouth, whatever. And I don't want to think of, I'm not thinking about it transactionally by person, by any means. I'm not keeping track. But at the end of the day, I feel like the real sustainable connections are allowing me to message people and just say, hey, this is happening. Do you want to be a part of it? And because this book, I believe in it so strongly, I believe in the mission to turn women on to the remembrance of who they really are and that who they really are is not burned out and busy and that the world needs us present. The world does not need us busy. Like I just believe in this message because I know that we need women's power fully turned up on the planet and being mindful and conscious about how we spend our time and energy is one of the fastest ways to turn up our power and energy. So I believe in it so it's easy to ask for support in getting the word out because to me this is bigger than it's much bigger than me this is not about me promoting my book this is about me promoting an idea that i believe in and so that's made the asks and the connections feel really easy and really organic and as a result because i'm really in that place of like hey this is a movement come on board with me the other women in my life who i'm reaching out to and some really great men are also on board with the movement because they can feel the passion and they can feel the enthusiasm and they believe in it too because it's quite a timely message and so that's been a joy so the takeaway there is you gotta believe in your message you have to believe in what you're doing and make it bigger than yourself so align your message align your product align your book align your product whatever with a larger conversation going on in the world. And when you truly believe in making a change and when you truly are connected with that larger message, it won't become so difficult to ask for help because it's not about you anymore. And so that's been a huge learning from this. And then also, let's say you're in the early days of your business or your career and you dream of writing a book one day, treasure your relationships, invest in your relationships. You never know eight years from now, 10 years from now, A, who you're gonna run into on the street, B, who you're gonna end up on a conference call with, or C, who might end up in a position, you know, like you just never know. And so treat people like gold because they are. And I've been able to, you know, pick up the phone and call some people in really powerful positions because I was generous, because I was kind, because I didn't act like a weirdo. Do you want to add anything to that, Mike? What do you mean by weirdo? I don't know. I mean, there's a oh. lot of weird things that people do. Yeah. And, and one of them, by the way, is being transactional. And so this is something really important to know. If you are operating in your relationships transactionally, meaning you're looking at, okay, I do this for you, then you do this for me, or if you're all ask all the time, or if you're pushy or aggressive, 
you're going to push people away. And if you're not getting responses from people, if people are falling off the face of the planet, if you're not getting, if you're not feeling connected, I'm going to be a little bit harsh and say, you got to look at yourself because I'll be very honest. There are people who I won't respond to because they have pushed too hard. They've been too aggressive. They've asked too much Mm -hmm. and they have not been generous. And yeah. And it's, there, it's it, there's a there's a very short list, but there's a list. Yeah, I mean there is. So I've been in our inbox a lot from customer support standpoint in the last week, just to see what's going on, and helping out with uh, everything that's incoming. And there was a woman who's a copywriter who's sent us like four emails about wanting to work with us, and in I responded. It was in the last probably the last couple of weeks. And so a lot of that stuff I just ignore because it's it's like a generic. They don't even include our name. It's just a generic reach out. And uh, they kept and I wrote back and I said, we're not interested in this. Please stop. And then I got two more emails from that same person in one within five days of that. And I'm just like, take whatever automated system I'm a part of. I need to be removed because there's no way to remove it. And I th- and I feel like to just to admit when we screw up too is helpful so this helps it so my god so much where russell like this is a great example of i was at that i talked about this last time the click funnels live event and i missed this part because i was out in the hallway with Stu mclaren we were having a breakfast together but there was this there was a speaker who got up on stage and I, from the feel I got, he like kind of pressured this kid. He was encouraging this kid or this guy to take action, to join like what was, it was, I don't know the whole scenario. So I'll just kind of through my interpretation to join the high level coaching program. Right. And so we had one of our friends afterwards, she was talking to me about how she felt very uncomfortable for that guy. Cause it was like a high pressure sale in person in front of 4,500 people. And she was like, I just don't like it. And Russell got on his latest podcast. It's called Marketing Secrets. And he talked about this. And I was like, that changes the way, regardless of what you feel that's put out on the internet by Russell Brunson, right? And the ClickFunnels team, like from his marketing can be, I call it the bro marketing world. It's like, you know, it's, it's talking fast, yelling the whole thing. But just to be like, he brought it up and he said, I got some feedback from this. And I, he brought it up and he acknowledged and he said, here's the thing it might have made people uncomfortable this was not planned this is what ended up what the speaker took in this direction and it ended up happening and i was watching what was going on to seeing how things were going to play out and he goes it made some people and i got a lot of feedback that it was uncomfortable and it's a super high pressure sale and social media blew up about it as well but he said i checked in on this guy and it's been about a month later or a couple weeks he started his first funnel. He launched his first funnel. His dad is the one who gave him the money to join the program because his dad was fine. He decided to, this kid didn't have the means to do this, but he found the means. He got, he went to his father and asked and, his, you know, gave whatever business plan to his dad to be like, this is what I'm going to do. His dad acknowledged it and he was able to do that. And luckily he had that backing. And then he's, he's making action and taking steps towards starting his business. But the, it's like, about the kid, I'm glad that he's doing that. But to me, from a leader in front of a $100 million organization, to come out and be like, you know what? This might not have been the best way to handle this. And to, to acknowledge it on a podcast, I was like, that just builds for me. Like, we don't, I don't have any of, you know, we don't use ClickFunnels at this time, but I have brought Russell's books, et cetera. It just solidifies me that 
there's real people behind what is actually happening because so much of today it's you don't see the people yeah i mean admitting we screwed up builds so much trust another example i was in a flurry of asks and i reached out to a friend of mine about being on her podcast whose grandfather had just died yeah a couple days before and in the email i had acknowledged her loss and then also brought up the podcast and 24 hours later I was sick to my stomach I was just like that just felt off to me so I just wrote her another email and I was like I am so sorry I think it's really off that I sent an email that covered both condolences about this death in your family and also an ask and so I just am saying I apologize Mm -hmm. I feel weird about it it's good and she wrote back within like an hour and she was like oh my god don't worry about it at all you're so sweet to think of that for her it didn't come off that way but I just felt weird about it and so I wanted to acknowledge it and then I felt like it created even a stronger connection because she knows I'm thinking about her and she knows I care about her feelings I mean that's the most important thing and so anyway yeah it's just admitting just, we're it's all like, gonna screw up just say sorry yeah it's i mean it's just admitting when we and the best thing is we probably know when it happens like i know with you you sometimes get sometimes it, it just takes a it minute it might for, take a yeah. moment or an hour especially like in past times that we've that i've been like let's say we've had just you know heated discussions about certain things and it takes we have to have separate for an hour and be like get clear or whatever and come back you know and even in this situation like you just explained we know it inside of our body if we're paying attention to be like oh that didn't feel good yeah i woke Usually up at like four in good. the morning and thinking and about then it's it. like okay we got to deal with it so we can either deal with it in that moment and it's also asking the question what it's not about because we deal with it in the moment or we let it fester for the rest of our life and then be like, you know what? We should have dealt with this a long time ago. And you're really good at that. That is something I've learned from you because you re- you are very clear. It's probably because you didn't do a bunch of drugs and alcohol that leaves you very clear. You know, it's so you're clear minded about it and really in tune with your, your system. Well, I feel it in my body. Like if something's off, I just... I honestly can't think about anything else and I get this feeling in the pit of my stomach and until I fix it or do do at least I, you can't fix everything I've definitely made screw-ups that I couldn't fix but at least to acknowledge it is right. the thing that we can do mm-hmm. so the next lesson so that was about long-term relationships this is a secondary lesson about long-term relationships and this is focusing on how we can add value instead of what we can get when it comes to relationships so It's kind of a corollary and it may sound opposite to what I just said because I said I've been asking a ton. So I've been very much focused on how can I get this book out there and who can I contact to spread the word. Now, on the flip side of that though, because I'm connecting with a lot of people, they're also up to some pretty cool things. So I'm thinking about at all times, what is this person up to? How could I support their mission? So as an example, I had a woman who I followed on Instagram. I really admire her. I had reached out and asked if she would write a quote for the book and she said she would. So she endorsed the book. 
And then a little while later, she had reached out asking if we could hop on the phone for her to ask me a couple of questions. And I said, of course, I would be happy to. And we connected. We had a great conversation. You know, it just it built the, the relationship a little bit stronger, took it from, you know, the Internet to a phone call. And then within 48 hours, something happened where like a couple of little things occurred that pointed me in the direction of doing an event in LA, which I had said no to, but then the stars began to align and I decided to say yes to it. So it's April 1st at Wanderlust Hollywood. The link should be at katenorthup.com forward slash events. I would love for you to come. But basically... (laughs) We have to get the link first. (laughs) It's there. It's there by the time this episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So katenorthup.com forward slash events. Come join me April 1st. Wanderlust Hollywood. Doors open at seven. You could also just show up. Um, But basically, I realized, okay, I want to get the word out about my book. I want to do this event. But why not pull in a group of incredible women to be in conversation with me so that I can amplify their messages too. So one of them is Brandy Sellers. She is the co-founder of Moms in Color and she writes over at notsoprivateparts.com, which is a really funny title. Also Janae Claiborne, who wrote a book, a cookbook, a vegan cookbook called Sweet Potato Soul. She's a new mom. And then Jen Pasteloff, who is the author of a forthcoming memoir called On Being Human. So these three women, and possibly one more, but definitely these three women. On Being Human? On Being Human. She's a yoga teacher, workshop leader, amazing writer. So these three women, I realized we can all serve each other here. I will happily spread the word and showcase them at this event because I'd rather people come and get four women for the price of one essentially and we're all essentially walking the same path spreading the same message about well-being during motherhood honesty about motherhood building our careers and so we're having this conversation called work like a mother which is for people who are trying to do it all without doing themselves in and so I'm really excited about it but it's just an example of Yes, am I getting something out of this? Absolutely. But while I'm getting something out of it, I can also uplift and support the messages of these women. And it's my book event, but I'm also working on getting one of their books there as well to sell because I'm like, there's plenty to go around is basically what I'm saying. So it doesn't have to be one or the other. We can be serving at the same time as we're asking. And it can be this beautiful flow of give and take. And my recommendation, my practical recommendation is follow the spark of your curiosity. Follow the spark of your impulse to do something. The other day, I had an impulse to text a girlfriend about another speaker I was watching speak about how maybe this speaker would be great on this girlfriend's show. And this whole magical course of events took place. Maybe I'll get to tell this story, you know, with names later. But this magical course of events took place where I realized I was being guided as kind of a pawn of the universe in a good way to make that connection. Because what I found out is that my friend with the show had been wanting to connect with this speaker for a very long time. I didn't know that. I just randomly texted her because I felt the impulse to do so. And it wasn't because I was trying to get anything out of it because I literally have nothing to gain in that situation other than connecting to incredible women. So that's the thing. Follow your curiosity and follow your impulse, even if it doesn't make complete sense. 
but you can't fake that. I have had people reach out to me and tell me that they're just following their impulse to connect. And I can tell by their message that they're not, that it's a pitch, which is also fine. I send pitches all the time, but be honest. Like, don't say you just got a hunch or like you feel this divine connection if you're writing a pitch, unless it's true. Mm -hmm. Okay, so follow your curiosity. And if you're gonna write a pitch, just say you're writing a pitch. You know, it's just like be upfront. Pitch away, I love a pitch. Yeah, I love to study sales, sell it, baby. Like, pitch me. I think it's great because a great pitch is great to read or to receive. Right. I mean, we've had Sarah Kathleen Peck pitched us for the podcast. Her pitch was freaking genius. And you can go back and listen to her 20 hour, how she got her work down to a 20 hour work week episode. So you can even pitch your friends, like make it easy for them to say yes to you. I pitched Marie Forleo of Marie TV for both books, this second one included. And I really crafted my pitch. Could I have texted her and asked to be on the show? Yeah, but that's unprofessional. It also makes her job harder. Like make people's job easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Think about your pitch. It's creating your offer where it's a no brainer, not just like selling something, but it's just like, what do you want? That's a yes. Like what's a hell yes to you when you receive something, when you see something, you're like, yes, that's, I want that. There's nothing going to get in my way until I want that. And so when you're pitching people, it's, that's helpful. Yeah. like, Like think about their audience. Yeah. Think about what their audience needs. Think about some unique angles that you could be presenting and then think about writing a couple bullet points that make their job easy to ask you questions or to present to their audience. I mean, we could do a whole episode on pitching Mm -hmm. and perhaps we will. I'll write that down. So then my final lesson is body first, business second, which you've probably heard before if you've been listening to our podcast, because this is my motto. The thing is, I don't see launching a book as like a one week endeavor. Some people just go all out and they're going for the New York Times list and they just like completely bust it all in the first week. I want a book that sells for years. We still get royalty checks every six months from Money, A Love Story. That puppy sells and we get paid every single month from the sale of the audiobook, which we own the rights to. That was smart. Yeah, that was really smart. (laughs) Good job, Mike. So I I really wanted them for the second book. I know. It didn't work out. I want Do Less to sell into perpetuity. This book is like, you know, a sustainable book. It's a lifelong book. This book is not about like some news story happening right now that's going to be a flash in the pan. It's going to be relevant 20 years from now. There's nothing wrong with that either. No, it's just not what this book is. That is correct. So it's (laughs) very... It's what your content you're putting in, what your customers want. So if you're a writer, that's somebody that deals with journalism on a daily basis. Like it's like, think about it, the amount of books that have come out the the Trump organization, right? It's like, there's been like 20 books from all the people that and have gotten fired. those are important books too. Right, yeah, for that moment. But And so we'll look back on history on that possibly. Some of them will be good, some of them won't be. But yeah, you're looking at, you're taking this from a different approach. Yes, absolutely. So given that fact, I can't blow it all in one week. I can't burn out. Like I'm going to be talking about this book at least for a year, if not longer. And I still have people ask for interviews about money, a love story and want to and want to talk about it. So that's why I say body first, business second, because my ability to do good work depends on my energy and my energy depends on how I'm treating my body. 
And when I say body first, business second, a lot of people think that means that I exercise every day, which is hilarious <laughs> that like that's our American assumption that like that means I, my, I'm prioritizing my workouts above all else. And the truth is like some days body first, business second means a nap instead of exercise. I do try to move my body every day, which might mean stretching on the floor while I watch Moana with Penelope, or it might mean walking to the mailbox. And then some days like yesterday, body first, business second meant at 3.30, I logged off my computer and I did a quick weight training workout on Obey Fitness, which is my new favorite fitness site. They have 28 minute either replay or live stream workouts and the instructors are great and it's really easy. I just do it in our basement. So, but body first business second also means like, what does my body need? What does my body actually need right now? Is it food? Is it to reduce sugar? Is it more hydration? What is my brain most poised to do this week given where I am in my cycle, given where the moon is? As we're recording this, we are in a full moon. I happen to know that, and I actually also happen to be cycling with the moon right now, which means I'm ovulating at the full moon and I'm bleeding at the new moon. I talk a lot about this in Do Less, but what that means for me is I'm a pretty, like I have a lot of energy right now and it's a really good time for reaching out and being out in the world. So I'm going to take advantage of that. I will be DMing my little fingers off on Instagram today, connecting with people about this book because I am taking advantage of the energetic components of my body and also of the cosmos. And that is one of the primary ways that I do less to have more because I ride the wave of what's happening instead of constantly trying to paddle upstream. I'm paddling downstream. So body first, business second. Don't sacrifice your body for your business goals because at the end of the day, once your health goes, everything sucks. We know that from lived experience. Mm -hmm. And so just, and, and sure I, everyone listening has a story around Yes, that. we all do. And, and your business will do better when you put your body first and when you care for it. Now, it doesn't mean I'm doing like three hours of self-care a day. I've, we have two little kids. Like, I don't have time for that. It means... <laughs> and I'm like not staying up until midnight, even though I do have plenty of work to do. It means I'm not eating crap. It means I'm not drinking alcohol. It means I am sometimes lying down on the floor in the middle of the day when I know I need a recharge or standing out in the sun getting some vitamin D. It means those things like small ways throughout the day. It doesn't have to take a lot of time to put your body first. Mm -hmm. So nice. those are my lessons. Should I do a summary? Sure, yeah. Okay, I think we ended up with four. So it takes as long as it takes. Relationships have to be for the long term. Don't be an asshole. Look to give just as much as you can get, ideally more. So look for how can I add value to this person at all times, anytime you're connecting with somebody, and then body first, business second. That is what I have learned from the pre-launch period of Do Less. That's awesome. All right. The winners, people can read win two copies of the book. So two people are going to win a copy of the book, and I yeah think, for this episode. I think that the way you can enter is to take a screenshot of your phone right now and put it in the story in your Instagram story tag at Kate Northrup or, and at Mike J Watts. Uh, 
and hashtag do less. Yeah, and I would also post it because it'll last longer. So if I don't get to it oh, in 24 hours, it could disappear. Call. So you got to post it in your stories and in your feed. Why are they taking a screenshot of their phone? Of listening to the podcast episode. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or a selfie of you listening to the podcast episode. Whatever, yeah. whatever photo you want to do. Post yeah. a photo in your stories and in your feed. Tag both of us. Use hashtag do less and talk about listening to the Kate and Mike show and what your biggest takeaway was, what you learned, your aha, mm -hmm. whatever it was. And that will enter you to win a signed copy of the hardcover of Do Less and you will be one of the very first That's right. to receive it. And you have to do it within 24 hours of this episode coming out. Yep. Feel free to post anytime, but in order to be entered to win, you have to do it within 24 yeah, hours. So by let's say 9 p.m., I will choose the winners at 9 p.m. or Kate will choose the winners. Someone, one of us will choose winners at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday. By 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday, March 27th. Yeah, before we go to bed, we'll just decide, decide yeah. who it is. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Great. And then uh, we'll send you a message in your DMs and then you can just post your thing. I think that's, this is a better, I think this is something better for giveaways instead of the reviews. We love reviews, way by easier. the way. Yes. We do love reviews, but it is harder for you to leave a review. And also as you're listening, if you haven't subscribed yet to the show, make sure you've subscribed. Yes. Leave us a review, but most importantly, enter to win your copy of do less yeah and go over if you haven't pre-ordered yet go over to katenorthup.com forward slash pre-order because that seat in the do less immersion expires at the end of the day on april 1st yeah and this book it might be helpful if you have a mom you know she might be interested in it it's for working mothers right yeah yeah so it you might like it but also your mom you know i have to say the book 99.9 .9 of the book applies to all women and like at least 80% of it applies to all men too. So if you are not a mom, if you wouldn't identify as a busy mom, just know that this book is for you. Like human yeah. beings need this book. And it's, I, it, it should say a revolutionary approach to time and energy management for, for busy beings. humans. Right. Yeah. Cause it, it's about, it's, it's processes and exercises of how to recapture your own energy throughout the day. Which we all yes. need that, which is something I'm, I'm doing right now because I was given exercises and I'm following them. Love it. So thank you for listening. Bye. What if you had enough time and energy for the things that matter most? Are you a busy mom who is trying to do it all without doing herself in? My brand new book, Do Less, A Revolutionary Approach to Time and Energy Management for Busy Moms is available for pre-order now. When you go to katenorthup.com forward slash pre-order, you can pre-order your book and qualify for $649 worth of amazing bonuses, including workshops, interviews, masterclasses, and a guided course worth $297. So head over to katenorthup.com forward slash pre-order.